In less than an hour, Nicholas Blunt would be staring into the infinite blackness of a Glock barrel. But right now, at the end of another typically long and tedious day as a Supreme Court law clerk, Nicky seemed almost to bounce across the well-appointed outer office of Associate Justice Henry Venter. If you didn't have endless energy, best not to clerk at the top court in the country, especially if you were working for this notoriously conservative, famously hard-working African-American justice. Six foot two, with a bland, blonde handsomeness counteracted by piercing hazel eyes, the youngest son of Senator Wilson Blunt of Tennessee was well aware he'd not risen to this elevated position due to personal achievement, though on paper he was as qualified as anyone here. Nonetheless, his posting was strictly a matter of privilege, nothing more, nothing less. The Blunts had been wealthy and politically connected since before the Civil War. Then why, to the rednecks back home, did the Blunt men maintain their good old boy standing? Simple. The senator talked only about guns, God, and America. Like the two Blunt senators before him. Granted, the Democrats had won the last presidential election, but after twelve years of having things their own way, the Republicans knew a pendulum swing would come and now that it had, the idea was to swing that sucker back as soon as possible. Thanks to two-term neocon President Gregory Watson Bennett, the GOP still controlled the Supreme Court. But then the sure-thing next prez, Vice President Michael Haston, had been upset by the African-American Democrat Devlin Harrison, and all bets were off. Harrison had been a hell of a campaigner. With a name that close to devil, he'd had to be. On the other hand, a guy with the middle name Hussein had managed it not that long ago. Another black man in the White House was not enough to take the grin off Nicky Blunt's well-tanned face. The conservative Supreme Court had already made numerous inroads, not the least of which was finally overturning that disastrous Roe v. Wade decision. The next election would surely see the grand old party taking back political control of the other two branches of government. Nicky's older brother, Governor Nathaniel Blunt of Mississippi, was odds-on favorite for top of the ticket next time. They would wangle a moderate, Gilson of Indiana, or maybe Kelly from Pennsylvania, to appeal to Northerners. Then, once Nathaniel was elected, Nicky would move in next to him, as Attorney General. What the hell? It had worked for those damn Kennedys. Some in the GOP thought the Blunt boys too inexperienced for high national office— but Nathaniel was only the fourth Republican governor in Mississippi since 1876, a feat not easily shrugged off by the old guard of the party. Nathaniel would be 43, the same age as JFK, when he got elected two years from now. Nicky would be 36, about the same age as Bobby Kay had been. And as for experience, wasn't he clerking for Associate Justice Venter? Nicky glanced into the A.J.'s office. There sat the man himself leaned over in his tufted back chair, tiny reading glasses perched on his nose, a green-shaded banker's lamp on the corner of the massive mahogany desk, providing just enough light to view the brief before him. Bull-necked with graying hair, Venter had played football at the University of Missouri, though keeping in shape had never been a priority. Still, soft around the middle though he might be, Venter was fairly fit for seventy. Mr. Blunt came the resonant rumble from within the office. You're hovering again.
The man hadn't as much as glanced up. How did he do that? Nicky froze, and the deep voice continued. Is there something I can do for you, Mr. Blunt? Uh, no, sir, Nicky said, flushing. Why did he always feel that Venter considered him an idiot? It was just the opposite. Now Venter looked up, a crease between his brows. Oh? I mean, I was just wondering if you needed anything. Venter took off his glasses and rotated his neck. I'm fine, the justice said. I think it's about time we called it a day. About time is right, Nicky thought. The A.J. might have been past the average man's retirement age, but his work ethic showed no sign of flagging. The judge was still the first one in, and generally.